0: Welcome to the aspire to be podcast i'm catherine since marketing lead and today we're joined by matt hi matt thanks for joining us pleasure
1: Hello. so matt
0: is our learning and development business partner here at aspire to be so matt how did you start your sort of journey in education because obviously tell us a bit about your background what did you used to do
1: so i started off as a teacher i was a teacher in a primary school in bristol and uh, i was given a, an opportunity to use technology uh, in a way which wasn't that common at the time i suppose so we were very much um, one of the pioneer schools one of the first schools to use ipads in a in a one-to-one manner so where each student across year five and six had their own device and it was uh we, we made some mistakes along the way but ultimately it was it was really impactful and from from that we went on to become an Apple regional training center uh, providing lots of different professional development opportunities for staff across, primarily the Southwest. Uh, and then, yeah, these things just happen. I, I met up with uh, Simon, uh, Simon Priddon, the owner of Aspire2B. Um, and up to that point, I was really enjoying working with staff uh, actually in showcasing how they can use technology in the classroom, helping them to improve uh, their kind of own um, time and, and workflow and, and uh, yeah, learning opportunities for students, lots of different things. So when the opportunity came up to to take that further afield and work with schools, ultimately uh, uh, mainly the UK but across the world as well, uh, yeah I jumped uh, and took it with both hands.
0: So it's quite a big shift then really, it's moved from teaching into more of a a training sort of role I suppose, how did you find that, how did you manage the the movement?
1: Yeah it's interesting because it is a shift, however what we're still doing is having that core focus on education. So because that was very central to our approach at, at my school at the time, um, I think one of the biggest traps you can fall into, particularly around technology, is, is trying to use it as a bit of a gimmick. Mm-hmm. So uh, by joining up with Aspire2B, that was kind of a, a, obviously a main focus for us. And I guess I didn't find the transition too difficult because I was doing it anyway to begin with, I was talking uh, about something that we've kind of done already, or we're still learning of course, but we had experiences to share. Uh, And I personally, I don't view training all that different to teaching. I think there's a common misconception in terms of how they're both defined and actually uh, effective teaching is about facilitating and coaching as well. And it's really how do you communicate um, uh, the ability to knowledge and uh, expertise in in any given area um, and provide engaging opportunities to do so so it was yeah it was kind of natural for me I, I really enjoy doing it beforehand so yeah like I said when I had the opportunity to do it uh, more widespread I was all for it
0: yeah great do you ever miss teaching then
1: oh hugely yeah, yeah. no I really do because I think I mean like teaching a, it's a difficult job and yeah. I don't think unless you've been in the classroom, you really appreciate how difficult teaching can be. So um, I miss it primarily for working with the students. I really do miss that element. I'm lucky because in, in the role that, that I have and, and, and the work that we do as a company, we're able to work with schools all the time, daily basis. Uh, it's not always in class with the students, but you know when those opportun- opportunities do come along, uh, yeah, first one there, I love it, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I do miss it, um, but then, like I said, I think I got to a point in my career where I could see an, an additional value to helping students by helping the teachers uh, through, through technology, so um, yeah, good, good change, but yeah. uh, you, you, do, you do look back and think, uh, yeah, well, I do miss, miss those opportunities working with the students on a regular basis.
0: So I suppose, uh, coming from a teaching background yourself, that must really help you to facilitate your learning, like you've just said, and that's a key point of aspire to be, isn't it, is that a lot of the, the learning technologists and partner technologists are from a teaching background. So yeah. How do you think that helps with how we then go into schools and how we you know, promote our products, and how we develop our products?
1: Oh, it's huge. I think, you know, my view on that is that for us to relate and engage with, with all stakeholders in education, you can only really do that effectively if you've had that experience so for us as a company um, bringing in uh, outstanding know, and experienced practitioners is essential to everything that we do and we wouldn't have the success that we've had and be able to provide the services that we do without them because they, they do bring that real-life experience so um, yeah it's massively important and I think it's, it's always the first thing that we look at is uh, you know what is the actual impact on education in, in that sense with anything we do around technology making sure that it's not that gimmick yeah. making sure that anything we're developing which is innovative and kind of um, forward thinking is, is ultimately rooted in sound kind of pedagogical practice or outcomes for, for students so um, yeah I think it's, uh, it's what the business has, has been built on and will continue to, 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 to do so in the future as well
0: so following on from that, we've got a couple of products at the moment which are, you know, we're pushing into schools and I think we were going to talk a little bit about the EdCR. So do you want to tell us a bit about that and how it came to be and where it is now?
1: Yes, yeah, so, so uh, I suppose the best starting point is to talk about our, our DCR, or Digital Competence Review, which was um, a core product for us uh, ever since we started really. So that's where we would work with the school, uh, we'd spend some time at the school, uh, engaging with all different stakeholders, so we talked to the head teachers, senior leadership, uh, teachers, teaching assistants, students, parents, governors, everyone. everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really in-depth question base, and and um, taking time to walk around the school, understand how they're using technology to facilitate learning, uh, and then taking a step back and saying right from a, from a teacher perspective and a facilitator, how do you use it to manage your workflow and um, uh, create content, engaging content, that kind of thing. Um, so that was kind of our starting point and we'd, we'd work in, in two teams almost. Now whilst we are predominantly education kind of um, specialists in that sense, uh, we're fortunate enough in the company to have um, people who also have background in network and infrastructure, uh, hardware, um, loads of different technical things, which quite honestly is, is not my, my bag, so yeah, I won't talk in really, yeah. too much depth. <laughs> But um, we work really well together, because you know, if, if you want to push forward as an organization in terms of how you're embracing digital, you have to obviously have a sound and reliable infrastructure. So that, that comes from your device, your end user devices, all the way up to your, your network, Wi-Fi access points, your servers, all that kind of thing. So we kind of marry those up together. And the purpose of the review is to provide that objective um, view on, on where you are as an organization. We compile that into a report, and then uh, hold various workshops designed around building a digital strategy. So that's kind of where we started from. And then, of course, we had uh, the pandemic. Yes. As an organisation, we are um, face-to-face delivery. We were working in uh, schools, we were working in businesses, and um, actually going to the to the venues, the locations, and we had to stop that. The difficulty that we had, uh, as many uh, felt as well, is that how do you then transition away from that face-to-face model, particularly because we were so passionate about it, in terms of saying that that couldn't be done, it had to remain face-to-face. But it's funny how these things work out. So we've developed what was our in-person DCR into an e-DCR.
0: Right, seamless. Seamless, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: So it was a a, a mammoth task, because the amount of information we collect in the in-person version, which we will continue to, to kind of push forward with, um, but the, the the digital version opened up opportunities that we hadn't really thought of before and I was probably the main one um, almost lobbying against ever doing a, a virtual version of this uh, and that's completely changed my mindset on that because the level of detail we've been able to go in through the EDCR portal um, in order to gather all of the information engage with all the different stakeholders still You know uh, video meetings have come a long way and and actually a lot of the face-to-face meetings we had we've just replaced them with video meetings and it's worked really well we've got the ability in the portal for um the lead person in the school that we engage with to actually take videos and images of everything that we require upload them to our secure portal we can view them so it's actually opened up yeah so many different opportunities um and i think moving forward our dcr our in-person version will actually incorporate some of the virtual platform to make yeah. the whole process that little bit more seamless so it's worked really well uh, yeah it's funny how these things happen um uh, you know kind of silver lining and all that isn't it but yeah yeah all good.
0: yeah well it's good to show how adaptive we are as a business as well i suppose i think um if anything the pandemic brought that out didn't it you know that need to sort of able to pivot and react and, and develop what we offer to a, a new model really. So with the EDCR then who is it for and why would you need it?
1: So it's ultimately it's for everyone within a, a, an organisation in terms of we want to engage with them and understand how that technology is being used and understand what the best practice taking place is. So our methodology is uh, something called Appreciative Inquiry and Essentially, it's it's designed to identify the best of the as-is in order to inform where they want to be. So in order to do that, we've got to engage in, in quite a robust line of questioning um, to establish yeah where, where an organisation is on a, a variety of levels. So we've got three core strands. We'll talk about um, uh, primarily teaching and learning with technology. So we'll cover uh, facilitating the curriculum, digital competence, uh, digital well-being, which perhaps I'll come on to a bit later. Um, then we look at the infrastructure and and hardware side of it as well but actually we look at the um, change readiness as as a core strand which isn't something that is often looked at particularly around digital strategy and I think that's the transition from where IT was viewed in schools as IT as a subject to now actually being digital and how it permeates absolutely everything so we've got to um, explore a lot of different areas within that so from a leadership perspective if you're trying to integrate any form of technology, how ready are you as an organisation to bring that in? And this is true for whether you're education or business, yes. it doesn't matter, because you need to make sure that you know your culture is correct, do you know what it should look like? Um, how can you talk about technology, which is typically a fearful subject for many people, yeah. uh, in a way which uh, breaks down those barriers? Um, what do you uh, actually have as your digital strategy, if one at all? If not, we can help kind of work through that. What do you want from a school perspective, your learner experience to be? So the, so the change readiness element is very much focused on leadership. And it's trying to engage leadership in a, in a, uh, a line of questioning, which perhaps they haven't thought of that much before. It's quite a challenging um, task. There are some challenging tasks in there. When I say challenging, it, it's, it makes you think. And I think, you know, some of the statements that we we ask people to choose from, really, I suppose they're they're designed to educate as well through that same process because, you know, we say you don't know what you don't know. So if we can also use this as an opportunity to educate people as we go through it, then it it makes it uh, that much better. So we actually, um, as I said, through those three strands, we'll engage with every stakeholder pretty much in an organisation. So, for your second question as to why would a school want it, I think there's two different answers to that, um, and ultimately the second answer is caused by the pandemic. So, if you reflect before um, that the, when are we talk in March last year, now isn't it, or April last year, I think education has been going through a bit of a reset for a while in terms of how it integrates cloud-based working, and that's had a big impact on communication, collaboration, uh, and it's causing many core workflow processes for schools to change. So really, the, the DCR, as it was then, was designed to help um, organizations understand what technology now looks like, in terms of best practice from a learning experience, uh, how to integrate it with uh, the curriculum, and make sure that you're not just looking at IT as a discrete skill, that actually there's, there's room for it uh, in a cross-curricular manner, but also leveraging a, a, a wide range of devices in order to do so. So primarily it was around developing a digital strategy and coaching schools um, and in particular leadership around what does that digital strategy look like. Cut to last year, April, uh, with the pandemic, what we've seen is a massive increase in the use of cloud-based technology. So actually that change that was going to take place over probably a longer period of time has now shortened dramatically. The the issue with that is that it happened so quickly um, and schools had to react to that. Um, in, in such an accelerated manner that there wasn't necessarily the underlying strategy that was looking ahead 12 months, which is understandable. Um, and, and quite frankly, how schools managed to do that in such a short time it is mind blowing. Yeah, for, again, for those who, who haven't worked in a school, um, it's difficult to comprehend how much of a transition that was trying to go to a, a remote teaching and learning environment. So. What the EDCR is now doing is incorporating that success and also that that kind of challenge. Trying to see, well, how do we leverage what we learned and the best practice um, and use that to now spearhead and accelerate our digital strategy moving forward? In a roundabout way, I know it doesn't seem like it, but in terms of how technology is being used in education, the pandemic has done a lot of good because it's forced schools to reevaluate how they can provide learning content not just in the classroom yeah. so it's really now how do we develop a digital strategy around that take all of the positives out of it trying to you know trying to keep it positive how do we take the positives out of that pandemic in terms of um, the digital learning environment um, and transform how we're now providing learning opportunities for students so the edcr as it stands will cover through those three strands change readiness teaching technology and the uh, infrastructure is to yeah, get into a question base, to capture all of that information. We provide high-level findings um, and ultimately recommendations that are based on our knowledge and expertise, um, having done it in previous roles, and also just our work with schools across the world uh, and understanding what works, what doesn't, and, and yeah, trying to get it all into one place so schools can benefit.
0: Brilliant. And We've had a couple of schools go through the process already, and what sort of results have we seen from that? What are the positives that have come out of it?
1: I think the positives are the feedback we've had on the platform has been excellent yeah. so you know and look it, it, it was a nerve-wracking time for us in terms of launching that because it was taking a process that we know works exceptionally well, putting it entirely virtually and then and then seeing what the feedback would, would be like and we've been overwhelmed with how positive that's been. So um, I think you know as I said we'll we'll continue to, to kind of take that forward now and um, Use it as a as a core product for a number of different areas. I think the the impact of the the EdCR on a school level is very much. Um, I think it's it's continued to provide a bespoke level of recommendation for the schools, which is really important. So all of the recommendations are. There's no automation in this process. They're by us. There's there's a. Uh, an ex teacher or learning technologist, part technologist, at the end of at the end of that portal, um, or at the end of a, a camera, who's actually gathering this information and analysing it. We did originally look at trying to put it into a completely automated version. I think the reality of that is. Uh, could it be done? Yes, but I think it takes so much development because essentially what you're trying to do is capture all of the knowledge and expertise of an individual and all of the decisions they make when they're in front of someone or in a school mm-hmm. and then trying to put that into a system. Um, it's it's a very difficult task. So we decided that that was something that actually the virtual nature of this process allows a little bit more time for us to get stuck into that kind of recommendations uh, side of things. So. Ultimately, the impact for for a school is they they have the starting point of their digital strategy. They've got the benefit of having that objective viewpoint, and also from our perspective, one of our kind of um, you know our, our USPs, if you will, is is that we're the only professional learning provider for Apple, Google, and Microsoft. So. We don't hold any kind of preference to, to any organisation. What we're really looking at is what's going to impact that school and understanding that all schools are going to be on different journeys. They're going to be uh, in a current, uh, uh, you know, different current position in terms of the technology they already have, realising that schools don't have endless funds to just buy new kits and hardware. So you've got to understand where that school is in order to help them. Um, so we're able to provide that kind of unbiased opinion and direction based on what's best for the school and that's continued to come through the findings and recommendations and yeah as you said we've got testimonials and feedback on the website which um, you know we're delighted with Uh, we couldn't be happier because at the end of the day for us we're all passionate about what we do education is at the heart of everything that we do so when we see schools benefiting from our support uh, and ultimately the educators you know it's it's a great place to be
0: yeah great so what's next then for DCL? Where do you go from here?
1: So we're just uh, about to go through a full redesign. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the port itself is, is, is. So it's not the process. Um, it's like anything. You just you, you develop something, and we. Ha- I mean, look. To be, to be honest, we have to develop it quickly. Yeah. Uh, as with a lot of organisations, and to transition our entire product base over to a virtual environment had its challenges. Um, so we're really pleased with where it is. But it's like anything, as you get more used to something, you think, oh, we could do this, we could do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm forever tinkering with these things and thinking, oh, what could we change? And down? So we're going through, uh, yeah, a bit of a redesign on it, um, adding some extra uh, information which will just help it increase how intuitive it is, that kind of thing. We're looking at accessibility as well, Great. trying to d- understand how can we make this um, more accessible for, for anyone with uh, additional learning needs. Um, we are adding uh, different question bases all the time, trying to make it that little bit more bespoke um, and uh, offering different things that a school may or may not want to include. So for example, we, we've looked at the distance learning element, again, as a, as a kind of um, result of the pandemic and decided to add in a separate question base around that entirely. We've looked at uh, digital inclusion. So in particular, we're trying to get SENCOs Um, or uh, Erlenko's involved in this process and understanding where the role of technology um, uh, sits within students, again, with additional learning needs. Um, I'm trying to think, there's probably other bits and pieces that we're doing, um, but they're they're the main focus for us at the moment, and I think we just want to, yeah, start getting more schools uh, through this as a process uh, and supporting them on on their digital strategy.
0: Brilliant, This sounds great. Uh, And if you do want to learn more about EDCR, you can go to our website and you can have a look at some of our fantastic testimonials and case studies on there, or get in touch with us and we'll be able to help you out from there. So thank you very much for your time today, Matt. It's been great to talk to you. Pleasure. And catch you soon. Thank you. Yeah,
1: thank you very much. Bye.